Welcome along to From the Resort Podcast. This is episode number seven in the new series. Today is the 9th of December 2020. Uh, last week we had uh, Jason Clymer, who is the president-elect of the uh, Queenstown Rotary Club. This week we've actually got the current sitting president herself, Leanne Lyons. Welcome along to the podcast, Leanne. Thank you, Tom. So yeah, as, as sort of custom, the way we sort of start these podcasts off, Leanne, is uh, we'd like to sort of, uh, I guess, find out a bit of background about... Uh, where you sort of came from. So whereabouts were you born and where did you sort of live early in life? Well, I was born in Invercargill and um, when I was about five, six years old, uh, we moved to Manapuri where we lived in the Hydro village there while my dad and hundreds of other families um, lived. Uh, the jobs on at the time, because my dad was in construction, the jobs at the time was the Manapuri Dam construction and the... Um, West Arm project as well. So it was a great life as a kid growing up in a, in a village that popped up, if you like, in between Manapuri and Tianao in the 60s. It was great fun. Okay, and it was a big family, um, many brothers or sisters? I've got one little brother. Um, so he lives up in Auckland and he's got two children and I've just become a great aunt, I guess it is. She's just had a baby, so that's really exciting. Well, that's congratulations to the family and yourself on that. Uh, I guess, can you remember uh, growing up uh, what sort of hobbies you had and uh, what sort of things you liked, I guess, liked to get up to as a youngster? Well, I think it was different times back then. We used to be able to play outside until dark and things like that, but times have changed, it seems. And um, But, yeah, more carefree lifestyle. <clears throat> excuse me, back then. So it was um, a great life. We moved around quite a bit. We, um, After the Manapuri job, we actually went to Fiji for a year um, with Dad's job. So that was interesting and went to school over there. Um, I was just one of seven children in the school that was European and the other six children were the principal's children themselves. So um, really exciting and that was quite um, a good growing up curve, if you like. Um, and then after Fiji, we settled in Auckland for quite a few years. Yeah. Okay, so then to Auckland after Fiji. Mm. Okay, interesting. So after sort of while I was at school, I just played a lot of sports and things like that and hung out with friends. But um, So what, what were some of the sports that you played? Hockey. So I was um, keen on hockey, played a lot of hockey, a um, little bit of netball um, and some touch as well. So, okay, so a few different sports then. And what was, mm. your, what, was what did sport did you sort of... I guess, uh, like the most out of all of those? Playing hockey, yeah. Yep. That was my yep. thing. I played it for quite a few years. I was also um, in a swimming club as well, so I did a lot of swimming as well, yeah. Yeah, okay. And can you remember growing up, what your uh, first uh, part-time job was that you had uh, sort of in your uh, teen years? Um, well, when I left school, my first job, I didn't really have too many jobs um, during school, but when I left school, I started off as a, uh, a junior um, at a well, office junior at an accountant's firm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that was okay. But I broke my ankle getting off the bus going home from school. Uh, uh, so getting off the bus going home from work one night. So I decided that was a good time to head back to the South Island while I was in my plaster and um, visit Nana and Papa and, and all my cousins in Invercargill. So I shot down there and I didn't go back. Um, that's when I met my uh, husband and we settled down and had the family. And that was in Invercargill? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what was Invercargill sort of like back in those days and how did, has it changed much over the over the years, do you think? 
<laughs> um, yes and no. <laughs> in Vicargal, um, it's making some changes now, I guess, with the, the rebuild and of the town centre, but I don't think it's really changed that much over the years. Yeah, Yeah. okay. I mean, I've only been down there once, um, and yeah, it's it sort of, it looked like it'd been, you know, it's sort of... Uh, established itself you know a lot more in the sort of 70s 80s and that yeah. sort of time frame so it's quite uh, interesting i hope they sort of obviously continue to obviously update things there as well um so that's your uh, some of your early sort of um jobs and stuff uh what i guess um uh what, what was your, i guess the first the first job that you sort of had that uh stuck out to you as has been something you enjoyed doing and and, and, and were quite happy in so once the kids had grown up my youngest was about six and I decided that I would go into real estate so that's what I did most recently until the last few years when we moved to Queenstown so uh, I did that for 12 years up in Auckland uh, really enjoyed that and um, yeah watched uh, the industry change and develop quite a bit over those few years so it was really interesting really great I've made, made some lifelong friends out of it um, and it was a job I really enjoyed. So actually selling real estate sort of up in the Auckland area. That, so and any particular area of Auckland or was it sort of um, all over? Or? No, out east. east so of, it was pretty much where we lived. So we were yep. in the Botany area, Howick. My office was in Howick. Yeah. So and that's probably where I've spent most of my adult years was in that area as well. And the kids yep. have all grown up and gone to schools there. Yeah. Yep. And it was at that time... Um, about eight years ago that I decided I wanted to do a little bit more in the community. So I, it was actually great timing. I went out to the letterbox one day and here was a flyer um, looking for Rotarians. And I thought oh, I might give that guy a phone call. So I rang him up and went along to a meeting. And I wasn't too sure at the start if that was me, but persevered and became a member. And then I started to really enjoy it. And I got involved in a lot of youth programs and things that Rotary does. And that's what kept me engaged in the club. And um, then we moved to Queenstown and straight away just joined Rotary here in Queenstown. Yeah, so the, what was the name of the Rotary Club uh, up in East Auckland? It was the Botany East Tamaki Rotary Club. And uh, how, how many sort of members did they have? Um, started off, it was quite good um, when I first joined, but it slowly started, they started to lose a lot of membership um, quite quickly too. So when I left, there was only about eight left in the club after having quite a good membership number. One of the older clubs in Auckland too, so it was a real shame. I think that they're looking to merge with another club called Ormiston Rotary Club at the moment. So hopefully that will get them reinvigorated again and get those members um, somewhere to go. Yeah, But it seems to be a thing um, with some Rotary Clubs and then you've got other Rotary clubs who are thriving and doing mm. really well. So mm. it just, I think it yeah. does depend on the mood of the club and who was at the leadership. Yeah, I think, it's, I mean, club memberships uh, for service organisations, it, it certainly depends on a lot of things. And it depends on, we, we've seen in Australia, for example, that um, a lot of the big cities just don't have large uh, membered clubs. It, it's, mm. There's just a lot of competing interests. There's a lot of, um, you know, I guess when you've got children involved, it's it's a bit different to how it was in the eighties. Like if you were in the eighties, it was you, it was quite uh, quite common to be able to get out there and and, and do stuff uh, with the family. So, but that seems to have changed um, more so the last ten twenty years. Yeah, I agree with that, Tim. And I think 
there is a lot of competing interests, like you said, with other groups and other things to do for young people particularly. So sometimes they don't want to devote um, so much time and effort to one thing, and often they have got other things that they're involved in. And when they have got families, there's a lot of sporting events that you have to run around to with the kids and all sorts of other things. So life is generally a lot busier now, mm. and I think that times have changed. However, um, I feel it's important Rotary is, is recognising that now, mm. and particularly um, I feel quite encouraged with our southern district here. Our district is 9980, soon to merge with the other South Island district to become <coughs> District 9999, which mm. is interesting. Um, but yeah, there's. I feel like our southern clubs, particularly, um, there's been some good leadership recently where um, they are involving families a lot more and there are a lot of younger members starting to join and, and get involved. And I think that that's the secret to some success that we need to keep really promoting and pushing, you know. So obviously going leaving a club which was reasonably small, um, I guess at that particular club, what was the, I guess, the the highest role that you sort of got to there? Did you become the president of that club at all as well? or were you... No, no, I was just youth director. Youth so, director, yeah. okay. So, um, And then what sort of, uh, I guess, um, prompted the, the, what is, it's always a fairly big move when you move anywhere, but moving from Auckland back, you know, down to Queenstown, town you know obviously only two hours away from Invercargill where I guess a lot of your family probably still are. Yes um, they are so pretty much um, Queenstown was a place where we I spent a lot of my childhood um, we used to come here for holidays and things like that so it's always been a place that's always interested me to perhaps live one day and um, Hamish my partner uh, he was here in the 80s and he worked at iCarts and uh, worked for a plumber and he's he's had some um, time here as well and it was both a place for both of us that we both wanted to come in and um, live I guess so we made a plan 10 years ago and we fulfilled that plan within nine and a half years uh, later we're here so it was a, a really good thing to just be able to focus on that and and make that plan and get here. That's, uh, that's I mean that's fairly long distant planning if it's it's been <laughs> a decade in the works I mean Fiona and myself it was you know four to five years of planning it really only started after we first came to Queenstown that that we would sort of come you know that 2020 would be the year um, so tell us about the you know the obviously the, the particular area what what's what what about Queenstown it's obviously beautiful um, but what other what other factors do you really like about living around this area it is mainly just the smallness of it but you've still got an international feel and it feels um, bigger than what it is. Um, I just like the vibrancy and the diversity of the people that live here. Um, probably more so before COVID, but there is still that element here and you can certainly feel it when you walk around the town. I just like to, just if you do get stuck in there, little traffic jams that we do occasionally have, at least you've got something beautiful to look at and it's, it's not like you're stuck on a four-lane motorway looking at the car in front and beside and behind you and nothing else kind of thing so no it's good it's just a nice chilled place to live and like I said it's just somewhere where we've always wanted to come back to mm. um, both of us and probably enjoying the fact that with the growth that we're getting particularly out at five mile that um, we have got access to services and and retail and things like that um, which is becoming better so that makes it a little bit more attractive and appealing as well to live here. Mm. 
So joining the <coughs> joining the Queenstown uh, Rotary Club, um, you hadn't sort of how I guess how many years ago did you join the club? How many? Um, so I've been here in Queenstown four years, just mm. over. Um, so yeah, about four years as a member there, and was on the youth committee there as well. That's pretty much just where I wanted to be, and that was my happy place. And then um, I got asked by the outgoing president, who I took over from, Ross Beale, yep. um, to um, if I would like to be president, and I said no, 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 four times actually, every time he asked, um, until he, finally I just gave up and I said, okay, I'll do it. So that was how it started, really. Mm. So obviously uh, for someone like uh, Ross, um, you know, to be able to approach you and and sort of be on to you to, to want to be the president of the club, you must have seen something in in what, you know, you as a person, uh, you as a, even a leader, um, in order to be able to keep pestering you to do that. Or, or would you think that, I mean, that's that's the way it sort of looks. Um, so, you know, obviously it's a, it's a fairly big job and <clears throat> I've been... Obviously, only been here for a few months, but I've seen that uh, how well you lead the club, and you seem to have a very good following uh, as far as the support from the membership, uh, which is really, really good. But I think the club is is of the the makeup now, where I think um, they would support you know as long as <clears throat> as long as the person's there to, to do you know to to look after the best interests of the club. Though it's the maturity and the um, you know the the experience that a lot of these uh, guys and girls have got. Um, dictates that uh, they're going to respect, um, you know, obviously whoever's in the the chair. They've, we've, you know, obviously uh, there's obviously someone in different every year, and obviously we've we've another, you know, another president and another president after that. There's there's always going to be someone new. You would think with a, a club the size of of Queenstown. So uh, it seems like it's a it's a, it's a fairly decent sized club from what I'm used to, but um, but it's a really good club, and they they, you know, a lot of the members turn up to pretty much everything. Mm. So I've been really lucky and they have embraced everything that I've um, put to them. So I did want to make a few changes. I've seen a couple of areas where I felt um, we could do a little bit better and particularly with the attraction of the new younger members. Um, it seems to be that Rotary appears to be an ageing um, organisation. So to, to make sure that the security and the future mm. of the club was um, preserved we needed to make some changes so I um, gathered some people around me and formed a board of directors um, told them a few of my ideas and what I wanted to do and they were great they supported me and helped me fulfill all that at the start and have really embraced it all so um, the support has been really really good uh, a couple of things that I I have done I guess to attract the new members is um, just the communication, uh, making the club meetings more interesting. So once a month we are now off-site. And it was really important post-COVID to go out and, and support locals. So what better way to do it as a new president than to do one off-site meeting a month and go and visit some of these local businesses and support them. With 50 members, it was a good opportunity for them to have a good night of um, you know good um, turnover if you like make some money because it's 50 members all having meals all having a drink or two so that was a really good thing just to stimulate their business so that was a really good thing to do and COVID played um, a big part in that but it's continued and we um, 
through the winter we did all that and we tended to go indoors a lot just because of the weather but now with the summer meetings coming up in the new year the idea is that we're going to get out and uh, do some lake front clean up rubbish cleanups and have a barbecue afterwards and just have some good family time the kids can come along and things like that so um, the idea is to make it more inclusive for younger people and their families the way it used to be um, but make it fun as well while we're doing it yeah no it's <clears throat> some really good things that the club is, is doing and it's certainly you, you look forward to uh, catching up with everybody on, on a weekly basis uh, with it, you know, um, obviously coming across here, um, a bit of, I guess, um, obviously what you sort of, uh, uh, you obviously said you, you're selling real estate in Auckland and, um, and, uh, obviously that was something that you did for most of 10 years or, or something like that. And when you came here, as far as, um, uh, work was concerned, um, uh, I mean, you've got an Airbnb, which is what's what. What do you think of the Airbnb uh, industry in in Queenstown, uh, and how have you? How, and what sort of made you decide to to go into that sort of uh, area? Mm. Um, so before we moved here, we actually bought a section um, mm. above the lake off Franklin Road, and um, we sat on it and just designed a home, and we thought that we would tap into the tourism market um, obviously that was very strong in Queenstown we are probably one of the well-known names of resorts in the world so why not try and tap into some of that so we decided to design a home with an income um, and we were going to Airbnb it which is what we've done so post or pre-COVID we um, were very busy most of our guests were American and Australian um, some English and, and, and Chinese and all that as well but not very many Chinese don't know why <laughs> But um, mm. so we, um, we enjoyed that and, and met some really cool people and really lovely people. Um, and then COVID hit and we went into lockdown, of course, and um, that was a very troubling time and we just didn't know what was going to happen with our business. So we thought maybe um, we might have to do things a bit differently. As it's turned out, we're probably busier than what we were pre-COVID. Um, they're all Kiwis, of course. Um, and Kiwis do tend to not want to pay international rates, so we dropped our rates, we met the market. We tried to make it so that Kiwis can have an affordable holiday in Queenstown when sometimes, perhaps um, before COVID, it was out of their reach and they've got somewhere nice to stay. So we've, our place has got a great view mm. looking must, out towards... I must attest to that, I haven't been there, so it's, right. it's a beautiful we, view. We overlook the lake and look out towards the Mar Remarkables and there's a spa pool there that you can soak your, your bones in and um, enjoy the view. So it is proving to be quite a popular little place. But I have heard that there are some Airbnbs struggling a little bit, which is unfortunate. I don't really know why, but um, I'm pleased to say that we're doing okay and probably, or well, we are actually busier than what we were mm. before. Is there any sort of key to, to being able to stay busy and make, and also that sort of change that, that's as you said. You, you've changed your clientele a bit from the internationals to the to now pretty much New Zealand, but still also um, having a you know pretty high sort of um, you know occupancy rate. Uh, you know, obviously something that's that's worked out quite well for you. Mm -hmm. Any secret to that, or what? What do you think is you've know, you been successful at anything that you can attest that to? 
Um, just maybe not, feedback from other... I think it's probably just the, the, the views yeah. that we've got in the spa. The, the spa is a point of difference. There's not too okay. many places where you can stay in the same area within a kilometre radius also of our place with a spa. So I think that's definitely an attraction. Mm. So having that point of difference, and it's like anything with sales, isn't it, um, and marketing, you've got to find your niche and your, your point of difference. So I think we've done that quite well. Um, but also definitely meeting the market and meeting it early, not hoping to get the same prices. But we dropped, I just dropped my prices down mm. um, by at least 75% in the first weeks after lockdown when we came out of lockdown just to stimulate the, the bookings and mm. um, it worked. Mm. And I've slowly increased it to a place where I know Kiwis are quite happy to pay at, at that level. So yeah, it's just probably that I would think. No, that's that's very. It's obviously meeting the market. You obviously, uh, you know, that's that's excellent. That um, that's that's uh, you obviously adapted and and obviously keeping busy and you know obviously uh, keeping keeping the, the place down. You know, the the, the um, Airbnb keeping that uh, ticking over. Um, yeah. So uh, Rotary. Um, no, I think going forward, I mean, I, I see good things in the club. We've got we've got a very good um, you know strong membership. Um, it, I think, as you, you said, it's very important to have a, a good mix now of of age uh, within the club, and uh, it sort of re- it sort of reminds me a little bit of a club, uh, a Rotary club that I'm a little was involved in a bit uh, back in Brisbane. The, there's a, there's this club called the Brisbane Airport um, Club, and they were only new a new club that had only started ten years ago, and and I knew some of the founding members. Uh, you know, one was a, a guy who um, Work next door to it as a financial planner, um, and there was, he would recruit a few people that were just wanting to network and wanting to you know turn it into business people in business wanting to network and uh, and help the community and, and all that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden you're getting all these younger younger people uh, mixed with the older people, and and it's working quite well. And you've got I remember one of the presidents there uh, I read um, he's only 20, 21, 22. He's he's very young. He sort of got recruited out of high school, basically. This this kid, he's a smart kid, and um, you know, a bit of an aviation bent to the club as well because it's near the airport. But um, yeah, so it's it's quite. It, it, you see those sort of situations, you can understand why why it works. You can understand, and you can relate that back to this club. You know, you're getting some younger people coming through. Um, you know, different ages, uh, in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and so a nice sort of mix of uh of people i mean i guess as far as what the club uh what, what are we going to see in the next six months uh, the last six months of your presidency anything that you think will stick out as, as something the club will be doing as far as projects are concerned um service events or or um anything of that nature mm-hmm. what, what do you see um well obviously i'll continue the membership growth um promotion of that Um, In the first six months, we've got six new members, so that's really exciting, and there are a number that are waiting in the new year to um, probably join as well, So, and that's great, and they're all young professional people, so really exciting, and just brings a different vibe to the club when you get those kind of people involved, and they're really enthusiastic to get involved in those projects and in, in the community to do things, so... Um, that's going to be obviously the next point of focus for me is to get those new members on board as well. We've done a really great project last year in October 
um, over at Lakeland Park where we developed a boulder wall for for the kids at the park, at the camp, sorry. So that was really exciting and um, the camper thrilled with what we did. If anyone wants to pop over and have a look at that, it's, it's a really great um, thing that we did. Um, other projects coming up in the new year, we're building a, a shed for Happiness House, to a storage shed for them. Um, they've expanded their staff so they're looking to use some of the bedrooms in the house that they've got as office space and they need to, to clear out some of these things. So that's really cool, we're going to get involved in that in January. Also in February we've got a fundraising opportunity, thanks to Fiona, um, where we are involved with the new Bunnings store that's about to open here in Queenstown in March, and where we'll be doing all the um, sausage sizzles and some entertainment things there. So that's really cool, and that will be a great fundraiser for the club too, so that money will go back into the local community to do things. We've also got, um, we're just waiting on some consents and approvals from council uh, to do a shelter down at Tucker Beach Trail, which was one of our major projects that we did a few years ago, where we developed the Tucker Beach Trail from the eastern end, um, which is the shot over bridge end. And we did that for a few, um, I think it was about uh, a kilometre or 1.5 kilometres. Um, so that was a really good project that we did over $100,000. Um, and it's enjoyed by locals and visitors alike with the bikes and walks so that's really cool so we're going to put a shelter down there in case there are new mums with babes or prams or people who just need to get some respite from the sun or the rain mm -hmm. we're going to put a shelter out there and put a little bit of information about the local area but also about rotary as well mm -hmm. so that'll be really cool so that's what we've got coming up um mm -hmm. the other things will probably come up as time goes on too yeah just a couple of other things um before i forget I guess uh, being the president of the club, um, what, what I can say about is that the, the, the effort that you put in, and you can see the effort that you put in, is, is, is substantial. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of different presidents of, of service organisations and, and clubs, and the amount of effort that you put into it, it, it tells me that you're, you, you know, it, it, there's a lot of um, passion and a lot of you know, love for the club generally. Um, and obviously... When you sort of become president in a in a fairly, you know, I guess a, a important role is you you make of it what you will for anything, but in some instances, obviously you, you put a lot of effort in to get the best results. Um, I guess you you've had to obviously change the way you sort of work uh, because of being the president of Rotary, haven't you? And how many hours per week do you reckon you'd be putting in as the oh president, doing paper, doing organising and and overseeing and and uh, all of that sort of stuff. Too much, and um, I, it's uncountable, really. Um, if you ask Hamish, he'll, he'll just roll his eyes. But, um, yeah, there's a fair bit involved, but that's only because, like you say, I'm passionate, but I've got lots of ideas and, and things that come through, so um, I don't, yeah, I, I, I try to delegate mm. <laughs> as much as I can and get everybody in behind me, and that's all just time-consuming and part of it, I guess, but... It is really exciting because everybody, like I said, has really gotten behind me and supported me. So I just say, this is what I think, or this is what we should do, or do you, what do you think about this? And, and straight away they're all, yes, yes. And so that creates the work, I guess. Mm. Um, but it's good fun. And that was the other thing that was really important to me was we needed change and we needed growth, but we also need to have fun. 
mm. and so hopefully everyone's having a bit of fun. I know I am, but um, yeah, yeah, it's it is really important because if you're not having fun and you're not enjoying what you do, particularly something like this where it's all voluntarily, you know, you're doing it as a volunteer, you're not getting paid for it. If mm. you're not enjoying it, then that's when you start questioning mm. why you're doing it, mm. and that's the one thing I need to avoid with yeah. the membership. So and yeah, the, impo- the important thing is you, you're a lot of these cases. You, you get more out of it than what you put into it. Is that that's obviously Absolutely. part of the motivation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing I've, I've uh, I want to sort of commend you on is that um, uh, it's something the obviously the club does well. They, they obviously have a speaker at every meeting, and um, um, I guess I'm, I'm I guess I'm fairly impressed with your public speaking skills generally. I mean, I I think you get you got up there. At the uh, Christmas party on on Sunday, and you, you had a really really good speech, wrote quite a lot of stuff, got a lot of stuff out there, uh, and it's to me that's just impressive. That uh, I'm not sure is that, is that a skill you've always had public no. speaking, or is that something you just developed in your time at Rotary? Yeah, so no, I used to shake and I used to try and avoid anything when I first joined Rotary. So if I had a um, because we often, you know, ask members to get up and introduce a speaker or thank a speaker or get up and say a three-minute talk or something like that. And I used to try and avoid that so I'd not turn up. <laughs> or if I did end up doing it, I would be shaking like a leaf and I'd just kind of go blank half the time. So it was definitely something that I've had to practice and, um, yeah, and practice, you know, as, as much as I can so that... I can at least get over that hurdle of not looking um, like I'm scared. <laughs> mm. And yeah, it, it just does get easier, but yeah. I think once you are comfortable with what you're doing, and um, it's, I think there's an advantage to being the president because you know what's going on, so you're educated and you know what you need to say and what's happening in the club, but sometimes it's if you don't really have confidence in what you're talking about, that can actually be harder you know, to pull mm. off, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it also it's what you learn from the your predecessors and and some of the other key figures within within a club itself. So if you've got other members that are that are good public speakers that are that do tell a good story that do like to talk about it, it, it does that that can motivate some people to want to be at that level and to be Absolutely. and yeah. to, to to sort of say, well, you know, I I also want to make sure that uh, that people think that you know that that I, I can sort of uh, hold my own as well when it comes to public speaking. So I think that's got a lot to do with it. Certainly motivated me in, in my younger days uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, public speaking. I've been in public speaking competitions uh, with Apex, and um, it's not to say if you had if they had those sort of competitions in Rotary, I'm sure you'd do quite well as well. You know. Um, well, you we know. do them for the kids, but not so much for yeah. us. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Toastmasters are part of Rotary. We're um, affiliated with Toastmasters. So that's another good pathway for people if they wanted to uh, join Rotary or even join Toastmasters. Mm. You can come together with the other side and, and have that practice and that um, extra mm. um, avenue, if you like. Mm. But that's the one thing about Rotary is if you are looking for opportunities to develop personally, um, and, and it can be with anything. Um, Rotary is the place to come to because there are so many other things within not just clubs but within the district mm. and even within the country and internationally. There are jobs and things that you can do and take up. 
um, that you know will give you that confidence and give you that leadership ability to, mm. to develop. So, mm. yeah, I um, if anyone is interested in, in that kind of thing, uh, that personal growth and development, Rotary is definitely a very good way just to place to start. Mm. Yeah, excellent. I think we might. You said you didn't want to sort of go for too long, but we've already hit half an hour. So, I think what we will do is we'll wrap things up uh, very very shortly. Uh, and also uh, leaves leaves the door open for maybe in six months' time after your presidency is done, or maybe a follow up podcast to, to see how it's how it's all finished out and and what else has sort of happened in the, you know. So uh, thank you very much for your time, Leanne. Any sort of final uh, word, words, and also note you have to sort of leave because you you're still working uh, for the Rotary Club. You know, obviously meeting potential new members and taking them out for lunch. Well, I am actually after this, so I'm meeting a new member for lunch. Um, she's a local optometrist um, and a lovely young girl so and new to town as well and that's one thing I'd like to also add um, if you are new to town and Queenstown is a little bit hard to make friends I think mm. it seems to be a general thing whenever I talk to people um, but a, a good way to make new friends is to join a club and obviously Rotary would be a, a good place to start as well mm. and that's where I'm trying to get all the young professionals and people who um, are great communicators and networkers uh, to, to join as well. So come along if anyone's interested to come along and see what we're all about. No commitment. Um, yeah, we'd love to see you and welcome you at any time. Mm, excellent. Thank you very much, Leanne. That was, that was fantastic. Thank you and uh, have a great time.